This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, if there's a winning formula, it's going halfway on something. And the Bears, they have managed to master that. It is Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Your smart speakers everywhere. Video on the ESPN app, you're welcome. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe, the Bears have decided to keep Matt Eberflus, and they have fired their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Shout out to everyone on Twitter who answered my question a couple hours ago. I am in desperate need of good hand cream. Old Man Winter is is wrecking havoc upon me. Mm. I took it to the people, and the people responded. Evan Wilner helped me out recently with one of his suggestions. And, Wilner, your suggestion showed up in the mentions quite a few times. Thank you very much. Will this particular hand cream be costing you more than $12. Happy to spend a high level of money in order wow. to get an elite product. This is somewhere where I am willing to spend. And I also want to make it clear, that's the beauty of this platform right here. You started with something sports related. Throw that out the window. We have to solve my problem with the hand cream first. Yep. Then we can discuss the bears. It's about relating to the audience. Right. It's what we do. <laughs> it's what we do. And yet I I empathize and or sympathize, whichever would be the right word here, uh, with your particular plight in this instance. But we move on. We do. The bears are just, you know what the bears are doing? So what are you making of this? Let's see. Iberflus is staying. What are you making of it? Uh, the bears are bearsing it. They're bearsing they're it doing. up. It's- the bears have officially become a verb. That's what's going on. <laughs> the bears are, in other words, they're half-assing it. That's what they're doing, Joe. You think so? Now, hold on. Take me through it because Eberflus took over a 6-11 and team. Last year, he goes 3-14. and This year, they make a jump. They go 7-10, and and they go 4-2 and over their last six. You don't like what he showed at the end there. No, what I, I I like what he showed. I like how Fields played down the stretch of the season, but I think the Bears are just making a mistake in making one change but not moving the whole thing forward. And here's why. This is something that we have seen consistently with the Bears where they will not quite go all the way where they need to and they'll end up somewhere in the middle and forcing another decision next year, because that's what's happening here. We're we're sticking with Matt Eberflus and firing Luke Getze because we need to do something to change this up a little bit, but a year from now, we're going to be talking about Matt Eberflus getting fired, and then what does that mean for Ryan Poles? Is he off in the distance at that point? The Bears did not wipe the slate clean here, and that's the mistake, because ultimately, you cannot continue to fire a coordinator and put Justin Fields in a position of another of a third coordinator in four years and all that stuff. The Bears, by the way, maybe not firing Matt Eberflus because they're also not the most willing spending organization, aka they're cheap. I mean, we're in a position right here with with the Chicago Bears where you're either going to go all in or you're not. And the Bears never want to go all in. They always want to hedge their bets. So I can look at this from a few different perspectives. Number one, um, I to agree with your point, I think Iberflus failed in the most important category that he had to succeed in this season. No one came into this year saying the Bears need to compete for a Super Bowl. No one was picking them to win the NFC North. They were coming into a season where expectations were relatively low. I think people thought the offense would take another step and maybe they'd be feisty 
we would put Chicago in the feisty category. Eberflus's sole objective this year had to be that after the 17-game schedule was complete, the Bears unequivocally knew whether or not Justin Fields was their guy for the future. That's it. Whether you go 10-7 and and you have that answer, whether you go 5-12 and and you have that answer, you have to have that answer because after that, everything else flows. Until you solve that problem, until you answer that question, you can't do anything else. You can't build out the way you need to build out. You can't make proper decisions. Big man's muted. Anyone watching him on the – if you're watching on the app right now, you saw a hell of a sneeze in the corner there. Well, All it was right. just a it was a it was a nose blowing situation and I Aggressive. want to thank our good friends who were making sure to get that. Aggressive. That was very yeah. nice. I'm glad that that was on. It was not a sneeze, it was just more of a nose blowing that I was saving you from, but apparently the video aspect of this show full, not saving you from anything. Full body launching back and to the left, much like the magic bullet, back <laughs> and to the left, the situation there. But Eberflus, <laughs> as we get back on track here, he didn't answer the most important question because right now No one knows if Fields is the future in Chicago. Everything we hear coming out of Chicago is that the Bears feel they'll have a better understanding of the quarterback position when they get into the month of March and they can go through the evaluations on Caleb Williams. That means Justin Fields did not unequivocally sell you that he's the future of your franchise. And that's the big failure for Matt Eberflus right now. This year was all about answering that question, and they didn't do it. But if you want to make the case for him – There's a relatively strong case. This was an awful roster he took over. It was an awful organization. Morale was low. The quarterback is playing better. The team is winning more games. They closed strong when they could have quit like a lot of other teams out there. I think there is a case to be made to support the McCaskey family deciding to stick with Eberflus in this situation. Okay, but there's that case. But, Joe, why is there not an answer right now on Justin Fields? Because Eberflus failed to to get that answer by the end of the season. I actually disagree. The reason there's not an answer on Justin Fields is because door number two is awfully damn attractive, and that's having the number one pick. Like, they're very fortunate to have that. I think this decision would be a lot more cut and dried for the Bears if it was the Bears in a position of having a sixth pick. Because I I honestly think that uh, when they have their choice of any quarterback they want, it makes that decision and evaluation of fields that much harder. So now, like this to me is saying, and I agree with Courtney Cronin who said this earlier too, by the way, that they absolutely are going to be moving on from fields. That's what this would mean for him. Because are you going to put him with another offensive coordinator? Like his, what is it, third or fourth and five years, something like that, if you count Ohio State? Like, what are you doing? He just actually played well down the stretch of the season and was actually starting to get it, and then you go and fire the offensive coordinator. What's what's the point there when collectively, I think we were all saying, wow, Fields is playing much better. Maybe he is the answer. The way you lay that out with the different coordinators, the different coaches, how none of them are ever hired together, fired together, it speaks to something that I've long believed, and I'm not the first to say this. I just think it's brilliant when you assess the NFL. Each season, people are led to believe that there are 32 teams competing for the Super Bowl and that you have to Mm -hmm. find your way past 31 other teams. You absolutely do not have to find your way past 31 other teams. As long as teams like the Bears continue to exist in their current format, you're really battling maybe 8 to 10 teams each year. That's it. You can take teams like the Bears. 
You can take teams like the Chargers. You can take teams like Carolina. You can take those teams and you can fire them into the sun because before the first play is even completed in an NFL season, those teams have been eliminated from contention. Maybe not mathematically, but we all know they're not going to be there. Your job is to be one of the 8 to 10 teams each year that truly is competing for a Super Bowl. And with the way the Bears operate, they are never, ever one of those 8 to 10 teams. See, this is why I would say if you're going to move forward, move forward with what you got. Look at how Fields played down the stretch of the season. When you look at how much better he was later in the year, do you you feel like you had – closer to the right answers about what was going on? You saw growth, which is the most important thing. You needed to see a guy like him continue to take developmental steps because he was nowhere close to a finished product when he came out. And over the course of three years, you want to see growth. No one's looking for Patrick Mahomes. Everyone thinks that's the thing. We've got to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Good luck. That's once every 50 years, maybe. What you need are guys that can play the position at a high level consistently. That's what you need. Kirk Cousins is a pretty solid quarterback because he can play at a relatively high level pretty consistently. He's not going to the Hall of Fame, but he can play quarterback. Fields has taken those steps, but he's still not at that step, at that level after three years where we can say, yes, he is the guy. His completion percentage is still too low. His ability to process information still takes a little too long. And on top of that, he keeps getting hurt. He got hurt again in that Packer game. And with a big contract coming due versus the option of going with a pick that people define as, quote, generational, who's going to be cheaper and less injury prone, at least at the current moment, it's hard for the Bears to say Justin Fields is the guy moving forward given what they've seen so far. I, I, I understand that thought process. Here's my issue now. So we fire Getze. We hire somebody else. Who that is right now? Like, who's taking the job? With Matt Eberflus under fire, well, is Eric the enemy taking the job? No. I don't think so. It's Cliff Kingsbury. It's th- that's the why is Cliff Kingsbury taking that job? Because they're the package deal. Kingsbury wants to get back to the NFL. Uh, Caleb Williams at USC. Cliff Kingsbury was his quarterbacks coach. The rumor on the street because I Joe Formball keeps his ear to the street. If nothing mm. else, that's how we know about all these great hand creams that are out there right now. <laughs> the rumor on the street is that Kingsbury and Williams are a package deal, and that if you're going to draft Williams wow. one overall, you bring Kingsbury in to be your OC, and it gives Kingsbury an opportunity to develop him and then eventually possibly work his way back to a head coaching job. And then a year from now, we fire Matt Eberflus. Into the sun. He thinks he's getting the head coaching job. Is that what we think? That That's the possibility there. Wow. See, that, this is the thing. Joe Fortenball can walk you through life. I can take you through every step here. You let me know what you need. I'll take you right I to the finish line. I understand. It doesn't mean you're taking me down the right path, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the right way to go. I, I think what we're doing here is kicking a can down a road. And we're bearsing this. We're bearsing it. This show doesn't bears anything. We don't bears it. We don't chargers it. We muck well, it up our own way. Okay? The, we're very unique in that. I meant the collective we as in the bears are bearsing it. I don't know why I included <laughs> us in that. I know what we're doing. And I know what we're about, and we're never half-assing it, Joe. I am putting my full ass into everything. Let's get some lunch.
It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. You're welcome for all of that imagery. <laughs> Be a part of the Carlin versus Joe nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, so Eberflus is staying in Chicago. What is going on in New England? Why is this taking so long? It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bill Belichick's contract has been one of the NFL's most closely guarded secrets. He made it clear he's going to keep plowing ahead as Patriots coach until told otherwise. And that's a message to say that Robert Kraft has to fire him and owe him the money or, again, he's under contract. What we learned is that he ain't retiring. Bill Belichick is going to coach in 2024. We just don't know whether it's going to be with the Patriots or it's going to be at one of the vacancies that have already opened up. If Bill is forcing their hands, Kraft has got to move into a standoff here. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Joseph, this is taking longer than maybe we anticipated, which does speak to some sort of a standoff here, because Belichick made it very clear on Sunday and on Monday I'm under contract. I'm coaching this team until they tell me not to coach this team anymore. And yes, by the way, I will give up some control over personnel, thus making it all the more difficult for Robert Kraft to go ahead and just fire him if that's what he wants to do. If he's ready to move on, Kraft, you can tell, wants this to be more of a joint decision. I don't know if it's about the money or what it's about or not looking bad by firing him uh, after everything they've accomplished together. 
everybody knows that this is a parting that's going to happen. So somebody's just got to rip the Band-Aid off here, and that's going to be Robert Kraft. Well, is there a non-nefarious reason as to why this could be happening? Because that's where this conversation started this morning. We were all in agreement when we were discussing it. It's like, what's taking so long? They were supposed to have a meeting on Monday. That was supposed to determine everything. We were supposed to get answers. Think about us, Kraft. We need something to talk about here. So, well, I mean, do we think that this is just wording in a, in a, a separation agreement? I, I mean, what do we think this is? Do we think this is down to the lawyers? All right, so possible permutations here. Like, number one, maybe there's a scenario in which Kraft wants to bring Belichick back, but what they want is someone else to come in and take over as the general manager and run personnel and maybe Belichick's amenable to it because it seemed like he alluded to that at the end of the season with his comments that he might be open to that. And then on top of that, maybe they need to work together to find that individual. And that individual doesn't exist. Maybe then there's a parting of ways. So that could be a realistic reason as to why we haven't gotten resolution on this. I don't think Bill's trying to make this contentious. He's been there for more than 20 years. And contrary to what some people think based on what we watched the last few years, he's not an idiot. Like, I don't think he's trying to burn Kraft on the way out and basically lay this out as, you need to fire me because I'm not leaving. I think he understands how the business works. He's always been the guy who got rid of players one year too soon rather than one year too late. He was one of the architects behind getting Brady out the door towards the end of his career, right? So he's got to at least understand what's happening here. I don't think he's going to go out in a blaze of glory fighting Robert Kraft over the terminology of what the separation looks like. I think what this is, he doesn't want to be traded. He wants to just go okay, that's and fair. have wherever he's going. Let me go. Not Let me go, but also wherever I'm going, I don't want to lose an asset. Okay. To try to, because I'm 72 by the time next season starts, so I don't have a ton of time left either. And I need to get as many people in place as I can. This is not when he was 47, 48 years old getting this job and Kraft is trading away two first-round picks to get him. And it's not the same thing. This is now, I need to go somewhere else. I need to have as much as I can possibly have to work with to go and win another championship. And I can't, (laughs) I'm not trading for myself. (laughs) You know, that's almost what we're talking about here. And frankly, if I'm Robert Kraft, we're not winning next year anyway, right? Doesn't look like it. Let me ride this sucker out. You know, honestly, Bill, if you're going to coach here, coach here. I can't let you go without getting something. And I know that this is all about business, Joe, but that's how Robert Kraft got to be where he is, by being a tough businessman. Well, let's keep in mind, let's keep in mind, they didn't really fight all that hard when it came to Gronkowski getting traded to Tampa Bay, right? Gronk Gronk came out of retirement. The Patriots had his rights. Tampa wanted him. Tom wanted to play with him. It's not like they really went to war over the um, the cost of that. And then Brady was was left to leave willy-nilly as well, was he not? And, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because are you telling me that right now that Kraft still isn't annoyed about that? that well, you got to be basically, annoyed by that, of course. Exactly. Exactly. But that doesn't that's mean why, you're going to be able to tell. That's another reason why he would be tougher with Belichick on the way out than he was with, with Brady. That's another reason why he would be. It's just going to be tough to sit down in that room and discuss it with Belichick, who's going to sit there and say, yeah, I could have used those assets too when you let those guys go. We both 
took it on the chin with that. So now you're telling me when it comes to me, this is how it's going to go down. Now all of a sudden it's going to be difficult. You did this for Tom. You did this for Gronk. You won't do it for me. Well, that could Belichick, be the hang-up. Belichick was the one who was willing to move on from Brady. Like, it, it was very clear that Kraft never really wanted to do that. He wanted Brady to be a Patriot for life. So I think he's annoyed that, that Belichick ended up winning that fight, so to speak, and now here they are, 30 and 38, three years later. And, and we're still at this point about why it's taking so long, and now Mike Vrabel's available. So here's Mike Reese, who of course covers the Patriots for ESPN NFL Nation this morning on Get Up, on whether or not that might actually accelerate this whole process. So my strong sense talking to people around the Patriots organization is that any decision on Belichick is completely independent of Vrabel's sudden availability. So it isn't like that they say, oh, oh my goodness, Mike Vrabel's there. We got to move on a Belichick decision. Step back, big picture. Team owner Robert Kraft is 82 years old. It's hard to imagine that he hasn't thought of potential succession plans for Bill Belichick. So I'd say this, Vrabel's a wild card in the whole discussion, but it would be aggressive to me to say he suddenly shoots to the top of any succession plan list. Well, he should be at the top of the list. And that's why if I'm Kraft, like, yeah, I'm trying to hold out to get something here but I also don't want to lose out on Vrabel because I think Vrabel's going to have a job. Can we agree on that? If he wants it, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so uh, I want to give him less time to have people knocking on his door. Well, you also have to remember, like, we see this as, uh, oh, my God, Vrabel's out there. They got to make it happen quick. Someone else could slide in. But these guys are all backroom dealing as well. Like, yeah. there's this idea that, you know, the, you couldn't you couldn't talk to free agents until midnight of a certain day. You remember that? <laughs> and if you've ever been to the Combine in Indianapolis, and I remember covering that event multiple years in a row back around, like, 2008, 9 through 2011, at one of the key hotels where a lot of personnel and agents are staying, there's a subway. There's just a subway there. It's just nondescript subway. But you would see certain individuals meeting with agents, knowing full well what those discussions were about. Like, I find it hard to believe a $100 million contract is discussed, negotiated, typed up, and signed in 35 seconds because free agency starts, and then one minute in, you have the announcement that Albert Hainsworth is going to the Washington, formerly known as Redskins, now Commanders, at a price of this. It's like, oh, wow, free agency just opened. That's that's a hell of a deal to get done in less than a minute. So you Hainsworth's, remember that? Deal, Hainsworth's deal got done over a $5 foot long. That's what you're telling me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just remembered that deal from that time period yeah. because that's when it happened. I don't know who was talking in Subway when that happened, but I've I've seen people in there. I And, and yeah. you know that these discussions are happening in advance. That's why they created the, quote, legal tampering period. There's just so much of that going on. And right now, if Vrabel wants the New England job and New England wants Vrabel, it doesn't matter if it takes another week or so. Kyle Shanahan of the Niners was the worst-kept secret in football, right? Like, remember how the Niner deal – the Niner job was open for more than a month while everyone else was solved, and there was Shanahan coaching in the Super Bowl with Atlanta. Everyone know, knew those two dots were going to be connected, but just the report hadn't come out because, you know, he was still coaching another team. Do you believe that we are sitting here a week from now – and the Patriots still don't have their situation resolved. I, I, The Belichick situation is resolved in a week. I'm not saying they've already hired the new guy, but I don't think we're here a week later going, what's going on with Bill Belichick? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. If there's one thing that we love, it is an epic rant. And we got a butte last night. It was, 
You know what it was? An all-star performance from somebody that you weren't even thinking about before yesterday. I guarantee you that. You're going to want to hear that next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. They bring it into Schroeder. Schroeder brings it into Siakam. Three-pointer. Good. At the buzzer, and the Lakers are going to win it by one. 132-131 is the final. Maybe the more important number last night was 23-2. 23-2, as in the number of free throw attempts that the Lakers had in the fourth quarter, as opposed to the Toronto Raptors. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, I don't know what you're doing. You can do it on every single podcast platform. Carlin versus Joe, you miss any of the show, it is there every single day. Make sure you are locked in for that. Joseph, uh, the Toronto Raptors last night, well, just frankly, let's call it what it was. They got hosed in the fourth quarter by the officiating, but that's nothing new. But what is new is Jarko Rajakovic, who is their head coach now, who just, God bless him, I, I love anybody that is willing to just let loose post-game, <laughs> and that is exactly what he did when he was asked about the officiating, particularly in the fourth quarter, by a reporter named Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous what happened tonight this is completely bs this is shame shame for the referees shame for the league to allow this 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter how to play the game i all i understand respect for all stars and all that but we have star players on our team as well if that's if that's the case just let us know so we don't show up for the game just give them a win but that, that was not fair tonight and this is not happening first time for us scotty barnes is gonna be all-star he's gonna be the face of this league and what, what's happening over here during whole season i've been calling you back it's a complete crap oh <laughs> I, I want that clip at the end Delightful. you gotta keep that it's a complete crap yeah 
I want that. Sliding the letter A in there. It's not, it's complete crap versus it's a complete crap. It Love makes it. it. It makes it so much better. It's delightful. Um, maybe we want to dial it back in the Scotty Barnes face of the league. But at the same time, uh, I love the fact that he went off on that rant. Absolutely loved it. And um, look, it's not going to change anything. Nobody is there to see the officials, but LeBron James is going to get calls. Superstars are going to get calls. The Lakers uniform, more often than not, is going to get calls. So I I, I understand that this might be one of the um, first times that Rajakovic is dealing with it as a head coach. But uh, as far as going off in and of itself, awesome. Loved it. Can't get enough. It'll be worth whatever fine he has to pay because I don't have to pay it. The world works a certain way, and you either get on board with that or you pull your hair out trying to get the world to work the way you want it to. Those who figure out how to work within the confines of the world, they have a much easier time moving through life. This gets frustrating because the coach is looking at the situation saying it's unfair. Well, world's not fair, all right? I'm not saying I agree with this. I just see the reality of the situation. In boxing, in ultimate fighting, in any sport, there is an A side and there is a B side. And the A side is going to get preferential treatment. There are some fights in boxing's history. There are some fights in UFC's history that'll just make you scratch your head because they went to the cards and you got a decision that no one in the building was expecting. It's a complete crap. Exactly. 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 But that's the way of the world. The A side gets the calls. The B side has to fight the officials, the judges, and all that stuff. And last night, Toronto put up a hell of an effort. But they're the B side. And they found out firsthand exactly what happens when you're the B side going up against the A side Los Angeles Lakers. A couple of things off of it. Number one, uh, I know that we were just focused on one thing last night, and that was the Emmanuel quickly over four and a half assists landed five. Boom. Three and oh, three and oh, pizza money last night, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we so deep, so deep towards the core of the earth, the hole we have dug, but we took about, it's about six inches of dirt fell down the hole and we stepped on top of that and we're climbing our way out. And this is why shooters shoot. Oh, we uh, just keep shooting. Just Don't worry. Keep shooting. You just call me Russell Westbrook. Exactly. Number two, I mean, I, I, I love what the Toronto Raptors actually have with their young players like Scotty Barnes. With, I, I like Siakam as a player a lot, probably more than most. I, I just don't – I think we have to be realistic. You're, I think you're 100% right. Understand how things go in this league, and until you prove yourselves as among that elite level of player, you're not going to get these calls. Uh, among, among the elite level of players that's on the other side or – among the elite level of team that you are playing with. You're you're just, it's not going to happen. So get on board and understand that your constraints are going to be um, a little bit tighter when you're 15 and 22 playing in Toronto. That's what it is. Also realize you can't complain about everything. Because when you flip this situation around, and we see this in baseball a lot, Bryce Harper, top of the second inning, doesn't like a call, starts talking to the ump, ump throws him out of the game. 
And immediately, what's the reaction from everyone? Oh, come on, man. We didn't pay to see you. We paid to see Harper. Now you throw him out of the game. We don't even get to watch him play today. So you see it in the NBA as well, right? Superstars get the treatment. I can't believe they didn't call the foul on James. Well, what do you want? You fouled James out, and then everyone's going to start screaming and yelling about how they paid all this money to come see LeBron, to come see Steph, and then you put the refs put him in foul trouble, and the guy's on the bench 25 minutes for the night. Nobody wants to see that either. Refs are human. They're human. They're not robots. They understand. Everyone's so quick to say the league's fixed. The league isn't fixed, but there's human tendencies here, right? Some of these guys understand a certain call goes a certain way. It looks good for the league. It looks good for them. There's nothing nefarious at play there. It's just these cognitive biases we suffer from. If you're a ref going into a game and you're even thinking about putting LeBron James in foul trouble, no one at the league office is going to be happy with what you're doing. No one in the stands is going to be happy with what you're doing. You might have a couple media types that hate LeBron and think it's fantastic to see he's being treated like everybody else, but this is entertainment. And no one's showing up to a Laker game to watch LeBron in street clothes on the sideline. I'll give you a perfect example. Warriors opened up Chase Center how many years ago? I'm living in San Francisco. I'm right down the street. I get a couple tickets for when the Lakers are coming to town. It was the year the Warriors were dreadful. Clay was out for the season. Steph was dinged up. D'Angelo Russell was like the star scorer. But the Lakers are coming to town. My wife, I hadn't shown her the building yet. She deserved the night out. We got some tickets. I was going to do it up big. We show up at the arena. LeBron gets scratched. Didn't even watch the game from the seats. Just sat in one of the lounges somewhere and had drinks with a couple friends we met. Didn't even watch the game. Still a wonderful night, but couldn't have cared less because James wasn't playing. So you're the highfalutin sweet guy? Someone, it wasn't a suite. It was like one of those like restaurant type things anyone can access that's really cool that we okay. just went and sat there. All right, I'd love to. I, I use the word sweet. I, I misspoke. Well, I don't even know that Man you did, but as long as there's not free lobster tail, I don't have a problem with it. No, there was nothing. I was paying for everything. There was okay. nothing was on the finger. Fair enough. Excellent. Joseph, not, no, not excellent. We're aiming for everything to be free. That's no, the whole I, goal. I, I know that we are, but I, I do want you to, at times, you can be a little, uh, what's the word? Highfalutin. <laughs> That's what, that's what you're aiming for, and I just want to keep you down here with the rest of us. That's all. I want to keep your feet on the floor and let you keep reaching for the stars. You stay right here in the sewers, pal. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't know if we're in the sewers. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. One team, they're being set up for a big super upset. I'm going to tell you who that is in just moments after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed. And this, the new year, it is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next to hassle, start hiring indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. 
I think the Cowboys kind of hope that San Francisco gets knocked off by somebody else. Yeah. I was watching some highlight the other day. I have no idea how it happened. I guess maybe it was an anniversary of uh, an Olympic speed skating competition where it was like six guys on the short track. Yeah. Five of them are out in front battling for the whole thing and one guy's like half the rink behind them. But on the final turn, all five guys wipe each other out and yep. the sixth guy comes around and wins the gold because yep. he was so far back he avoided the car crash. That's the Dallas Cowboys. They're hoping that everybody else gets into the car crash and they can just pull right by. I love that short track, and I want to see. <laughs> I, I want to see six three hundred pounders doing that, all in body suits, just going as fast as they can around the short track speed skating. Let me let me throw this at you. Mm. Could we get you to do it? Absolutely, I would do it. Get you if in I the body skate, suit. If, if I could skate, I would absolutely. Do we'll it. get you up to speed skating. We'll get you up to speed. Uh, skate at all? Like I can't. Have you ever tried? I tried once didn't go well long time ago yeah yeah fall through the ice on the probably, pond or what are we talking about here it's probably 10 on a on a on one of the on a pond at a field trying to I, you know they're like my friends are trying to convince me oh come down and play goalie because oh you know what of course we got to put the fat kid in the goal but come down and play goalie <laughs> you, can, you, you don't really have to skate all that much it was bad okay it, i mean my bottom was as red as could be after that day. Okay. And bruised. It was just. Well, it's it been a few good. decades. Maybe we try something new. <laughs> no, I fear change, Joe. Uh, <laughs> the upset alert is big this week because I do think there are a few teams that are legitimately on upset alert on Super Bowl, on Super Wild Card weekend, which, by the way, include, concludes Monday night Eagles, Buccaneers on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and ESPN. Plus. Sliding in the plug there. Uh, but, Joe, I'm going to ask you these questions, and I'm going to respond as well. Which of these favorites are on upset alert? And we'll be begin. Ooh, the music. Nice job, Handman. That's right. That really popped there. Packers at Cowboys. That really popped there. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful shirt that he's wearing. It's bringing out your eyes. It's bringing out the magic of this segment. Cowboys seven and a half point favorites against the Packers. Joe, are the Cowboys legitimately on upset alert this weekend? No. A lot of people will talk about McCarthy and Prescott's history in the playoffs, but let's look at that history from last year. Opening round, they took on an inferior team in Tampa Bay and they waxed them. I think that could be true here as well. Dallas, number one in the NFL in first half scoring. Green Bay, 21st in the NFL in first half scoring. Packers are young. Packers are inexperienced. Packers are on the road against a really good home team. I think Dallas could jump on them very early and make this uncomfortable not calling for the blowout i would lay the points with dallas in the first half i do not believe the cowboys are on upset alert i don't believe they are either i don't know how the green bay packers are going to be able to stop the cowboys that's my biggest concern i think jordan love will do some good things and man i mean 32 and 11 that's a hell of a season this year but at the same time the cowboys offensively are just going to be too good and the Packers defense is not nearly good enough. No, they are not on a legitimate upset alert. Next! Rams at Lions. The Lions three-point favorites against the Rams and we've got the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, Goff off, if you will, <laughs> squaring off against one another. Joseph, are the Detroit Lions on upset alert? I always love it how we try to make something out of these two. Like, they were traded for each other. And it's like, these are kind of two of, like, the nicest quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think they have any animosity towards anybody. There's no reason to try to turn this into some sort of rivalry here. 
I Yeah, absolutely upset alert. First off, for the gamblers out there, if you like the dog in this game, you got to get the three and a half. There are books dealing Rams plus three and a half. Three is the most key number in football betting. More games end on a differential of three than any other differential. 24-21, 17-14, scores like that. So do not play the Rams plus three. You got to play them plus three and a half. But yeah, I look at what the Lions did late in the season. They really went all out. Three weeks ago against Minnesota, that game came down to the wire. Then there was the debacle against Dallas. Then they went balls out last week against Minnesota again. Sam Laporta gets hurt. And now you're going to come into the playoffs limping. How much gas is left in the tank? Meanwhile, the Rams rested their starters last week. Great quarterback in Stafford. Great coach in McVay. I'd call for the upset here. I like the Rams. Lions definitely on upset alert. I think this is, uh, yeah, this has got the Lions on upset alert from this standpoint. They have shown, along with their head coach, a relative inexperience at times. It 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 kind of comes through, even though they've had a really good year. So this may be one of those years where it's a step in the direction of being really good, but you got to get smacked down before you really come back up and get to that next level. It feels that way with the Lions, that they can make big mistakes in big situations, and their head coach can make big mistakes in big situations. That brings me to Stafford. That brings me to the Rams' defense, which uh, I think is better than people probably give it credit for. And that brings me to McVay, who still, I mean, the fact that the, I, I'm still marvel over the fact that the Rams won 10 games this year. They were it's fantastic. Amazing. They were fantastic. It, it really is. Uh, I think that the Lions are absolutely on upset alert this week. Put a note here, one quick note before we move on regarding Campbell. When mm. your toolbox only contains a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's and great that's point. something that Campbell's going to need to work on as he continues to become one of the better coaches in the NFL. He is aggressive all the time. I love the aggressive mindset. I love it as a philosophy. But 100% of your decisions can't be based on that alone. There's room for nuance. At the end of the Cowboy game, kicking the extra point after the five-yard penalty was okay. Resting starters in week 18 when you had less than a 10% chance of securing the two seed, that's okay. Not everything has to be flat out 100 mile an hour. You can get burned in some of those situations, and Laporta getting dinged up burns you going into the playoffs. Fourth and goal at the 22, second quarter. Go for yeah, we're it. we're going. Absolutely. Next. Eagles and Buccaneers. Eagles three-point favorites on on the road at Tampa. I... <laughs> Do I even have to ask the question? Are the Eagles on upset alert? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised the money is coming in on Tampa Bay. Philly opened around minus two, up to two and a half, and then up to the key number at three. So Philly's getting a lot of support financially in the market right now. I think a lot of that is anti-Tampa Bay money. They've been a nice story. They found a way to gut out some wins, but they haven't been overly impressive. Philadelphia did beat them earlier this year, and I think people have the belief that Philly can, can just turn it on, right? Flip the switch when it matters and win a football game game I, I don't see them flipping the switch we've been making excuses for this football team for more than a month the Niner loss well it's a tough scheduling spot the Cowboy loss oh man it's another tough scheduling spot look at the schedule the Seahawk loss well you know Seattle's a tough place to play and Jalen Hurts was dinged up and then they beat the Giants but they let him right back in the game well the win's a win then the Arizona loss well you know I'm not really sure what's wrong in Philly and then the meltdown against the Giants in week 18 and people are finally done making excuses like this team has shown you they're a bad football team for a month and a half. I'm not betting on them. I'm not picking them. Give me Tampa. Yeah, give me Tampa just out of the pure trust factor and lack of it and what's going on in Philly right now. Um, and it kills me to say that because I had belief in the Eagles all the way up until about week 16 
but I, I've lost all confidence in what's going on, and I feel like Nick Sirianni is just a front runner as a coach. Next, Steelers at Bills. Joseph, the Steelers are 10-point underdogs in Buffalo. Are the Bills on upset alert? No, I think there's a lot working against the Steelers here. When you look at the production of the defense with T.J. Watt versus without him, and he's not going to play in this game, I think they're like 1-10 without him. It's going to be a huge blow to their strongest unit. Offensively, Rudolph has looked good these last few weeks in these wins, but they played two awful defenses and then a Ravens team that couldn't care less. You're going on the road. You're going to the Ralph. The Bills are hot. I'm not saying the Bills cover because I wouldn't lay this number. It should be a lower scoring game. But no, I am not putting the Bills on upset alert. I don't think the Steelers have the firepower to get it done. Here's the thing. If this is a close game in the fourth quarter, I could see the Bills tightening up a little bit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. I'm not rooting for this because I'm a Steelers fan. I'll root for them, but I can't root for Mason Rudolph. Yet, you know what he hasn't done? Turn the ball over once. Not once. That's important. It is. I don't think that this is a game where the Bills uh, are going to blow their doors off. And if it's a tight game, I could put them a little bit on upset alert. I'm not telling you the Steelers are going to win this game. I'm telling you the Steelers can win this game. If it's tight late, I would be more inclined to believe Pittsburgh gets the job done because they're going to be playing loose and free. Exactly. And... Tomlin is a guy that inspires confidence. I don't know that Sean McDermott is the guy that's going to inspire confidence late in a game like that. And 21, 21, that's the number of turnovers for Josh Allen this year. You're going to tell me he can't do that in a big spot? Mm. More on the Bears and the changes next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.